0: Welcome to Flipping the Script, a podcast for women of color, by women of color, helping you to not just navigate your way through change, but to embrace it. I am your host, Michelle Words. Do you know what today is? It's our anniversary. Yes, Flipping the Script is celebrating its first anniversary. I am so excited to have hit this milestone. To celebrate, we're looking back, or should I say, listening back, to some of the words of wisdom shared by my awesome guests throughout the course of this year. Let's get to it.
1: I am not where you wanna be, trying to navigate life, but it's hard to see. Yeah. I am struggling to make a change. Come and tune now is the perfect chance. We're flipping a script so you'll find your way to help you embrace any trials you face. We're flipping a script, conquer every day. We're helping you find your happy place. Wow.
0: Welcome, Val. Very glad to be here. Thank you for this opportunity. Val is going to be talking to us about her new book, called? The 9%. Black women leaders tell it like it is. The 9%. Yes. And she's going to be talking to us about transforming from striving to thriving. So this is really
2: not necessarily saying that the 9% is good or bad. It just is. And validates that we are there. Black women are there. We're in leadership positions. We're doing things. We're making things happen. And so just a a rallying call to those who are part of the 9%, but also uh, messages to future uh, women, Black women leaders.
0: Absolutely.
2: My accomplishments for me to share my, my challenges, the things that, you know, I did wrong, the mistakes I made, the things that, you know, I didn't know. Uh, I think that helps people. I wish somebody had been more direct with me. People try to sugarcoat things and they worry about their ego and uh, it's just time out for worrying about trying to look good. (laughs) I think the real you is going to show up no matter what, even if you try to cover it
0: up. So, so now then in that thriving stage, you mentioned four P's. Mm -hmm. So then what are those four P's? Oh, good. You read my chapter. So the four P's that I talk about are
2: maximizing potential, uh, particularly as black women. But just in general, I think we have to remind ourselves that we're amazing. And and part of it is just your mindset. And that gets to the second P, which is your presence.
0: I have to say, you have quite a
2: presence. (laughs) And then the other two were passion and purpose. And so having some passion, doing things that you love to do, finding a way to use your gifts and skills that gives you energy and it makes you more positive in life especially when you're working in your purpose.
0: Sanja is a powerful motivational speaker, international best-selling Amazon author, and life-changing professional coach. However, she is most proud of being a freedompreneur and mediocrity escapologist. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me.
3: Lioness, I don't
0: even know where to start with you. It's action. It's, it's taking. the only it's
3: difference. difference, action. Okay, and so we have to get out of our state of inertia by applying some type of pressure, and a lot of that is uh, could be like making the call, sending the email. Checking into something, going to the app and seeing what's happening. What can I sign up for? What can I do? You know, it's as simple as that. And, you know, and I recommended, I said, Groupon, Living Social, a lot of these deal sites allow you to do it at a at a cheaper price, you know, making it less expensive. So there's no reason why we can't do that, why we can't still live some stimulants of our best life, even if we're not traveling. Trying different things. It means getting outside my, com- my comfort zone, constantly pushing the envelope and getting outside my comfort zone. And because to me, that's the only way that you grow. You cannot grow in your comfort zone. So you have to get out of it. You have to try new things. And yes, is there a little trepidation at times? Like, what have I done? (laughs) You know, yes, sure. But that's all part of growing. That's all part of stretching yourself beyond your current, you
0: know, limitations. That's right. Even with the good and the bad in the end, hopefully no regrets. Exactly. That's the point. So now that leads me to what would you say? And and I guess I kind of think I know the answer, but maybe not. What would you say then would be the biggest leap that you've taken in life?
3: Oh, it definitely is leaving corporate to,
0: uh, to, to start my own business. Always an adventure. Yes. That's right. That Bob Dylan quote, if you're not busy living, you're busy dying, right? Exactly. Exactly. And that's exactly how I feel about it. Today we have with uh, Shirley Staten. Shirley has a proven track record of recruiting, hiring, training, coaching and developing leaders.
4: Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity, Michelle.
0: In these covid times, a lot of people are finding themselves unemployed. So what do you recommend for them?
4: Uh one is a good time to do a self-reflection to really say this is a time That I have, because money may be an issue, but really it's not to a degree. But if I could do anything that I want to do, what would that be? And then doing that assessment, do I really have the skills to do that? And what joy will it bring to me if I can move forward in that direction? Then start looking at what you need to do to do that. If it's not something that you can support yourself on full-time, consider doing it on a part-time basis while you still try to look for full-time work and be again, be realistic about it. Some gigs will never replace your full-time income and you still need to live. And that's being realistic because we can want to build a business, but we still need to survive in the meantime.
0: So now if someone is considering launching a business, do you think now is a good time? Absolutely.
4: Unfortunately, there's a lot of businesses that that fail during this COVID crisis or pandemic that we're currently in. But if you look at some of the history and some of the news articles that's been published over the last few months... A lot of businesses are starting to sprout and they're coming up with new innovative ideas and ways of doing things as a result of the pandemic.
0: As a personal empowerment facilitation coach, Franda Graves works with clients focusing on achieving goals and overcoming obstacles, real or perceived.
5: I agree with you on that one.
0: You were a full-time entrepreneur, right?
5: Full-time hungry Entrepreneur. (laughs) And without a business background. So that in and of itself was quite a challenge, but one that I readily accepted because it was a challenge for me to do for me. uh, One thing about being hungry is that you will learn how to cook. (laughs) You will learn how to survive. And came here and did not all did not make the right choices when I first got here as far as some financial decisions that I made. But even in the process of that, it was still a learning experience. And I make much better choices now than
0: uh, yeah. It's always a oh learning yeah experience. It was definitely sure. a learning yeah. Even when you take those hard knocks, yeah, some are some are lessons that are hard to learn. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> but some we don't need but to repeat. <laughs> Right. (laughs) Learn that the first time. And hopefully we learn from somebody else's mistakes. But you know, we have to make our own as well. Because I see that you you use the word facilitation with working with your clients.
5: When I'm coaching, I really truly see the person in front of me as creative, resourceful, as a whole. Everything they have, everything they need is right there. But sometimes we need we need that little push of empowerment to know I have power, to know that it's in me, to know that I don't need anything outside of me to reach the goals that I want to reach, to, to reach the aspirations that I have for myself, to turn my dreams into reality. What I do is I really explore those dreams and explore those aspirations
0: Nadia Gilks wears many hats, including attorney, realtor, tax consultant, and author. And you that's know what? what you are it. a unicorn. <laughs> you are a unicorn, Nadia. <laughs> I mean, that's the story right there. That's your title, you know, the flying attorney or something like that. <laughs> what made you then decide to write a book, become an author?
6: That I kind of feel like it was Kind of an omen, an accident, because I never really considered myself being an author. That was never a lifelong dream of mine. And uh, it was just kind of crazy that one day I was flying to see my mom. I was actually going to take her to a doctor's appointment. And I fell asleep on my flight, that I was just a passenger. I wasn't working (laughs) it. So I fell asleep. And then I had this crazy dream that I woke up at my funeral and it was horrible. They didn't have the colors that I like. They didn't have a casket that I like. <laughs> I cussed everybody out. And I just woke up from that dream like in a fit of laughter. Like, this is hilarious. So I cut and I never remember my dreams. So I took my notes app and my iPhone and kind of wrote that down. Once I got to Florida, that was kind of a turning point for me. My mom was actually not doing so well. Didn't really think about that dream mm-hmm. again. And then about a year later, after we lost her, it kind of resurfaced again. Like I kept thinking about this crazy story, and then I met a like three people back to back who were doing National Novel Writing Month, which is the month of November. And they're like, "Oh yeah, you take this challenge and you write a book in a month." And blah 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 blah. And I was like, "Okay, yeah, that's cute." And then it kind of became, <laughs> well, if they could do it, I could do it. And you know, I did. I jumped in and. I said, I want a short story. I want it to be at least 30,000 words. And that was my challenge. And most people write about 50,000. I was like, I just want a 100-page novel. And I crafted it. I got my first draft done and kind of went from there. I found somebody who edited it for me and found somebody to do the book cover. And you know, it was off and running from there.
0: And became an Amazon bestseller.
6: Yes. People have really wow. liked this story a lot. I've been surprised at the feedback.
0: Nicole Cruz is the CEO and lead coach of Nicole Cruz Coaching. As a life coach, speaker, and activist, Nicole supports immigrants and immigrant descendants to reclaim their power, identity, and agency to create thriving lives. So what led you to start coaching in general and then that specific demographic?
7: Yeah, so I, you know, I did not know that this was going to be part of my journey, (laughs) how, you know, I was brought up in, you know, an immigrant household where really I was taught to, you know, get good grades, get in a good college, get a good job, buy the house, you know, check all the boxes. And at the end of that formula is happiness. So I did all the things. I did all of that. Got my MBA, got a six-figure corporate job got bought a house, got to the end and of that formula and realized I'm not happy. And I was really confused because I had done all the things that I was taught to do that I thought would get me to a place where I'm happy and fulfilled and loving life. And really I was burnt out. I was trying to, you know, take on this persona of someone that didn't really fit. And I had spent all this time Creating this life that looked real good, real good from the outside, but inside didn't didn't really feel like me. And I was, you know, in 2016, you know, I was in a a corporate job. I was the senior program manager at a really, you know, huge corporation. I think they're like f- number five on the Fortune 500 list, and I had been there for 11 years, so over a decade, and. I was getting to a point where I realized what I'm doing now doesn't feel good. It doesn't fulfill me. And in order for me to feel better, I'm going to actually have to change the trajectory that I've been on my whole life.
0: Veronica is a co-founder of UAE-based Kajari Majlis, an international trader of commodities, and a distributor of food and feed products from around the world. In the fall of 2020, Kajari Modulus launched Mutombo Coffee, a brand of specialty coffee sourced with high-quality, fair-trade Arabica coffee beans from Africa's coffee-growing regions, including the Democratic Republic of the Congo. And I know that term very well myself. Mm -hmm. So the purpose of this podcast is to talk about people having to embrace change. Your personality seems like one that you will create change anyway. But in this situation, you were forced into the change. But I hear you saying that it was still, you know, probably the best thing that ever happened to you.
8: Well, you know, it's one thing to be forced into change when you feel like you're young enough and you've got time on your hands. And if you fail, you still have time to rebound. But when you're a woman of my age and you've got more years behind you than ahead, You feel as though this is not the time for that kind of change, right? And ageism is real in this part of the world. It's real everywhere. You know, it's one thing to be a woman. It's one thing to be a Black woman. Then it's one thing to be a seasoned Black woman, right? Regardless of the years of experience. Thing is, change is always good. It's a lot of what happens to us. And whether we are successful and rebound from what happens to us is the attitude that we have about the about the incident or about the change that's happened upon us. If you keep a positive attitude and you take inventory of what you have and you whip it up in a recipe, then chances are you're going to be successful even with that change because you take what you have experienced, you take everything you know, every everyone you know, and you pull it together, right?
0: I absolutely agree. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's that making lemon out of lemonade right. or making lemonade out of lemons, guess right? What? If you exactly. Have
8: lemons and you've got some water and you've got some sugar and a little ginger, you've got a recipe for success.
0: Yes. Or, you know, in this region some mint, That's right? What <laughs> As a motivational speaker, Dana challenges her audience members to create the lives that they desire to live and to redefine the rules along their journey. May, the first time that you heard no, what adjustments did you make to get back on the right path? I think this is such an important question because so
9: many times when we hear no, we take that as a sign to go sit down in the audience and allow someone else to speak from the podium. And this is so important for women in corporate America, and especially women of color, to have a very strong network, to have a network of both mentors who you go to when you get the no's, who help you problem solve to convert them into yeses, and then sponsors who believe in you. And you may not even know who they are, but they know who you are because your works and your contributions have spoken for you. And they feel that having you as a part of their sponsorship toolbox actually enhances their career as well. So, Digging into that mentoring network, digging into that sponsorship, I didn't take no. I kept going because I knew that there was something beyond just uh, manufacturing the product, packaging it, sterilizing it, and then sending it off. I wanted to be closer to those who used it. And so I shopped around. I positioned myself. I shared my value proposition with those in corporate America until I had some takers. And when I got those takers to take a chance on me, it came with all types of contractual legalese, as you can imagine. Here's this, here's what you have to do. They did everything to distract me, Michelle. I lost my salary. As, as I said, they said, if you really want to be a sales rep, you're going to be a sales rep. The commission, all of those things, they tested me with that. Right. They even tested me and said, there's a perception that when you're in a techno career and you're corporate, you have the four walls of corporate to protect you. And any sales rep will tell you that. So they wanted to know what was my support system and where was that support system gonna come from because I was gonna be out doing sales and doing other things and I was gonna get a lot of no's and could I handle it?
0: Today we have Dr. Denise Yvette Dr. Mose is considered as a Jill of all trades. She is a sought after speaker, educator, media correspondent, and an award-winning author. She is host of the award-winning podcast, Self-Discovery Sundays with Dr. D, which airs at 4 o'clock p.m. Central Time on Spotify, iTunes, and iHeartRadio on Sundays.
10: If I were to live anyplace else abroad, it would be Thailand, and I would do that because it's tropical most of the year and very inexpensive. The dollar goes very, very far in baht, that's what, uh, the money is called in Thailand, a baht. Yes. dollars. Uh, so it, it, the money triples, it's <laughs> several, several, several times over. That's why so many, and I now I understand why so many people go to Thailand because it's very, very cheap.
0: You know, it's cheap. Extremely- it's beautiful, good food, beautiful. all of that. Oh, it's yes.
10: island. It's, and there's so many things to do there, you know? And so if I, if I ever go abroad again and live, if I do it, uh, it would be Thailand. Oh my gosh.
0: Easily. No, okay. no, no. <laughs> So what's interesting is with your background, how did you end up in entertainment and as a correspondent?
10: Here's the million dollar question, right, Michelle? That's the one question that everyone asks. How did you go from, from doing presentations to talking to Prince, <laughs> you know?
0: You talked to Prince? Yes. I am about to die.
10: <laughs> Prince, Janet Jackson. Mary J. And that's, that's the, uh, what I always so, thought that I would meet Prince at one day. I saw, him, I saw him in New York and we went backstage and we met him. Now it was only 10 seconds, but I can say I was
0: there. I, I, you know what? That would be enough you know, for me to brag about it. for life.
10: <laughs> yes. Cause he's my favorite. He is my absolute Mine too. favorite. He is my Michelle. I'm in the purple army. I have several t-shirts. I have the purple earrings. I got it
0: all. I'm with and, you. Donna's life's coaching focuses on life purpose, self-love and confidence, health and well-being, energy level, mindfulness, and personal development. Her career coaching focuses on career change, workplace conflicts, managing people, leadership skills, interpersonal skills, and work-life balance
11: this is meant for me. This is what I've been manifesting. And now it's manifested in front of me. I just have to run with it. And the moment you run with it, then everything just happens. It just, and it just, it just, it just took off.
0: Exactly. Yes. If it's meant to be, it's going to happen, you know, with or without your efforts really, you know, because a lot of times I mention also that sometimes we're forced into change. And so we weren't necessarily planning on doing certain things, but then it all ends up working out for the better. How is your approach with your clients when you are advising them on career and life coaching?
11: Yeah, well, you know, because I don't really advise my clients in the coaching arena. I take my advising hat off and I come fully present as a coach. And so what coaching is, whether it's in your career or it's in your life, I'm there to facilitate, I'm there to support, and I'm there to guide you, right? And you, I look at you as complete and whole, and you have all the answers within you. And my job basically is to allow you, by asking you you know, a series of questions, Thought-provoking question, open-ended questions that you unravel, you become aware, and you unearth what it is that that you want in life.
0: Kathleen, welcome to flipping the script.
11: Thank
12: you so much for having me. I'm so excited, can't wait to share with your listeners course I was made fun of because of the way I spoke you know any one of your listeners that may be from New Orleans or the New Orleans area you know we are unique in some of our vernacular and so you know for instance the word oil O-I-L you would pronounce it you know oil well we say Earl.
0: <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I Did you know heard. that? No okay, I don't think yes. I've heard that one. <laughs>
12: Yes, orange for orange, Okay, Uh, the color or the fruit. Okay, you've heard that one. You know, so it was a big, it was a big cultural shock, you know, between, you know, how we spoke, how I spoke, and also just, you know, the environment and not always positive, you know, if I'm going to be honest, this was in the mid seventies, you know, so still a lot of, you know, racial turmoil and the like, and we didn't experience that in Germany
13: Hmm.
0: at
12: all. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. But I can say growing up in a foreign country has shaped my worldview. And so, you know, it's not hard for me to meet a stranger. It's not hard for me, you know, to share my story, you know, because I know that there's someone that can be blessed by it. I'm sure you've heard of the phrase, your test is your testimony. Absolutely. We were homeless because on August 10th of 05, because the sheriffs came and padlocked the door. Because the house was in foreclosure. That was obviously. So August other 10, than then-
0: Katrina, you were having your own personal Katrina at the same time as well.
12: Absolutely, absolutely. Yes. Two, two other Katrinas prior to this. So over five weeks, my father died, learned some things about my now ex-husband, and then Katrina hit on the 29th. So over five weeks, I went through three major life-changing events.
0: Yes. So how, do, how were you able to navigate your way through that? I
12: don't know. (laughs) (laughs) know?
0: (laughs) But God,
12: God, that's all I can say. That's all I can say, because what got me through it, three is Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, but five is a number of grace. And even though, you know, I shared with you before that my faith plays a large part of who I am, even though I went through all of
0: that, God's grace was with me. Today, we have Dana Davis. Best known for her appearances on CBS's The Amazing Race, WFAA's Good Morning Texas, and Fine Living Channel's All Girl Getaway, Dana has also been featured in the made-for-television movie Raising Izzy. That's on my bucket list, is to go on The Amazing Race.
14: Okay. So listen, they fortunately, they still have it. I get links and emails all the time about uh, casting opportunities. So do, do I just need to send you the link so you can send them in your video and keep you trying? Do you do that. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. All right. I, I want to see you on there. I, I want to see you on there. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was a fun opportunity uh, with my husband and I. I'm a high school sweetheart. You know, he's always saying I'm dreaming about, you know, what's next and doing doing something different and so typically typically when I come up with an idea he's like no nah, Dane, I'm not gonna do it this time he was like yeah I'm interested I'll, I'll go with you and so they had a casting opportunity with CBS DFW in Louisville Texas and he said I'll go and we went and I think they said it was about 2,000 people out there so originally he was a little bit intimidated when we walked up mm-hmm. and I said look the, the key to auditioning is truly just being your authentic self, whatever it is. And that doesn't mean you have to, you know, do anything, you know, uh, unrealistic. You know, if you're not a, a person to eat bugs, or I mean, of course, you may have to do that on Amazing Race, but to audition, they just want to see who you are. They just want you, who you are to come through. And so that's what we did. So, what we were doing at the time, the way we showed we were, was uh, we were high school sweethearts. So, I brought in this photo collage of when we were at the prom and dancing so I said so that was 20 something years ago when we started dancing and I said so now we're going to show you how we dance today you know as married couples so we did a quick (laughs) little one minute dance and they started busting up, and so I said, with, with laughter. I said, "I told, I told, I walked out of there. I told Adrian, and I think we got him." He goes, "Like you think so?" I said, "Yeah." I said, "We we made them laugh because they like these old right. folks that we're not really old, but right. you know they they stepped and changed a little bit." And so <laughs> uh, it took a couple of months, but they called us, and the rest is history.
0: Lisa Rogers Cherry began credit counseling in 1997 when she became the executive director of New Vision's Community Development Corporation in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. While at New Vision's CDC, Lisa assisted more than 1,000 families to become first-time homebuyers. Lisa is well-known and respected in the housing, credit counseling, and community development industries throughout South Florida.
15: Michelle, I will write on anything, a piece of paper, a sticky pad, a notebook, you know, anything. I'm a writer. So (laughs) for me, I think it's important to have all your ideas in one place because sometimes you're like, "Okay, I remember this quote that I had and I want to use it today for this podcast. And then it's on this piece of paper and you don't know where it is. But if you have your journaling notebooks, you can go right to your notebook and say, ha, let me flip through this was maybe a few months ago or a year or two ago, and you can flip through. It's right there in front of you. So I, I believe in journaling, you know, having one notebook or uh, several notebooks, but you know exactly where to go. You're not looking for a piece of paper or a notepad or trying to remember where you wrote a particular item or thought.
0: Very good idea. So in your journaling, then, do you think it's a good idea to have topic-specific journals or one journal? Me? I've had
15: journals for years, so I have journals with different themes. I have one for church, one for motivational thoughts, one for thoughts and goals, one for special scriptures, one for seminars and podcasts. Because now there's so many different seminars and workshops, free things that you can learn online. So I keep all of that information in one notebook so I know where to go, where to look, if I need some information or need an idea or If I'm giving somebody some advice, I know where to look. I mean, I definitely believe in having more than one, but keeping it all in a journal.
0: Okay. Judy L. Dawson-Jones was born in Cleveland, Ohio, and has always had a passion for service. Judy joined Sidra Medicine in Doha, Qatar in November 2017 as the Executive Director of Pediatric Nursing. She later was assigned as the acting chief nursing officer and recently was promoted to fill the position permanently as chief nursing officer.
16: I do like different activities that different people at work and people that you know will give, but I really do like to do a lot of exploration in terms of parks and being outdoors and I like being on the water and things of that nature. It seems like, to me, it's much more healthier here because the weather, when it is good, it's great. And I do like it because it's safe here. So you can be out anytime and you don't really have to worry.
0: And then you've also had a chance to maybe do some travel, some exploration that way.
16: Yes, you've done lots of travel before COVID. (laughs) We're actually doing pretty good at a good pace, but then COVID hit. And that's something I do miss is the travel, but I'm not quite convinced yet with COVID if I'm ready to go out there and travel. But we really enjoy going to see other places, other parts of the world. It's just been fascinating.
0: So speaking of COVID then, especially with you being in the medical industry, how has it impacted the industry, in your opinion, from what you've seen, what would be different you think moving forward? Oh, it's
16: been a total disruptor. It's been totally disruptive. Not quite sure it's innovative, but it's been a disruptor, but it has done some innovation in terms of it's changed the way we deliver care. You, You always believe that people had to come to you for care, but when COVID hit, they couldn't. So people turned more to virtual platforms, phone platforms. Mm-hmm. I think people became more independent with self-care because it was very interesting when COVID hit, the numbers dropped. We had very little in the ED, very little people in outpatient, and very little missions.
0: Levine obtained her law degree while serving in the Air Force. At the time that Levine left military service, she was being considered for a promotion to the rank of major. Levine rose through the promotion scales at the Office of Personnel Management and was then recruited by the Department of Labor as acting senior executive service in the Human Resources Training and Development Department. We were looking for places where we thought we might want to
17: be, and we knew that you know any of that cool that that cold stuff wasn't going to happen and I believe it it was something maybe I read or or a um Or something that that was in a paper or a magazine or something where for a discounted amount of money, you could come and stay for, you know, two, three weeks. And we thought about it. Hey, well, why not try that? So we did, you know, come outside of the U.S. to not just here in Panama. The weather was just wonderful. Yes. I didn't realize how many people from the U.S. and other countries were actually living here in Panama. The way that some of them have been, they may just, you know, buy a flat or, you know, place where they're going to live. It's not like they buy a lot of houses here. It's more of the, the condos. And so yes. that's what, what we went to look at. And that's what we when we talked to other people about, you know, how they thought about the condos and some of them you know, bought them. And they may stay here maybe three months and they rent it out at other times. And so that's kind of how we found out about the different condos and to make some decisions about which ones you want and how big you wanted them and, you know, those kinds of things.
0: So which other countries, I'm curious, did you guys consider besides Panama Actually, for
17: retirement? none because <laughs> I say that because as we visited here, in Panama and in some of the other places here, the weather is just absolutely beautiful. And it doesn't do that, you know, the big ups and downs about cold and hot and snow and sleet and any of that. So that that was kind of one of the major things that we looked at. And then
0: also the actual cost of living is less. Danielle Johnson is the Vice President of Regulatory Affairs Medical Devices for Bosch Health. In this role, Danielle leads a global medical device organization that supports strategic priorities domestically and internationally, representing Bosch Health in various internal and external forums with regulatory bodies, health authorities, and trade associations.
18: I'm a third-generation college-educated Black woman, which I always say I didn't realize that that was a unicorn until I actually went to a historically Black college and met other people that were like, well, I'm first generation college educated. For me, it was never a, if you're going to college, it was just where you want to go to college, right? My grandmother went to Xavier, my mom went to Dillard, um, and I chose Howard. So, you know, I'm third generation, historically Black college, female educated. And that's right. a big deal for me. And so, you know, both my mom and my grandma, who both have passed away, are two major influences in my life. You know, I saw the hard work that they put in even after having college degrees, but being females and and all the hard work that they had to still put in and all the obstacles they had to overcome, you know, to do the things that they did. So, you know, I took their advice seriously. Plus they were helping to pay. So (laughs) (laughs) not like I really have. It is a
0: unicorn. That is a unicorn. Was your mom in the sciences also?
18: My mom majored in social
0: work in undergrad
18: and got a master's in psychology. Okay, so what was your major in undergrad? Chemistry. I
0: I majored in chemistry, chemistry,
18: just like my grandmother.
0: So academically, what was your path?
18: So originally it was med school. It was med school until it wasn't.
0: I have known Kina since about 2013, I would say. Kina, that's about the time that I joined No Madness Travel Tribe. So Kina and I met through the No Madness Travel Tribe, which is a Facebook group that is for avid travelers, basically, (laughs) for people that are interested in travel. I don't know. I don't know if you ever
1: overcome a tragedy like that in your life. What you do is learn to live through these experiences and don't try to block out things. What I did was every year in January, I would actually go back to Panama. So I have been back to Panama practically every January since that accident happened. And even throughout the year, I would go And In January, I would always go to the hospital where I was, you know, spent about a week there. They wouldn't let me in, but I would stand outside, get my little mm, whatever and just be like, OK, you look at it and say, OK, I survived this and, you know, be thankful for your life and also send out blessings to you know those that passed on or those that are still suffering from injuries, whether they are mental or physical. During the time when I had the accident, my father, oh, my dad used to get on my nerves about this because he, I come from a very religious family, but I'm not really that religious myself, although that's how I was raised. And my father would basically be like, you need to tell everybody what happened to you. You need to tell everybody. And I would be like, Oh man, (laughs) if you're going on somewhere, because I had to Mm -hmm. tell him one day I had to tell him, I said, look, you don't understand if this is what happened to you, this is what you would do. I said, but you have to realize this is my story. So let me tell it when I'm ready. And I think, you know, after he heard that, he understood, he kind of backed off because we would go places. This is my daughter. She went through this. And I would be like, you're you're forcing me to to relive it every, every day. Right. But during that time, you know, I went on with the rest of my life. I was off work for about four months recuperating in Memphis. I had, I spent about a week in the hospital in Panama. In the states i flew back to the states and um, i uh, had surgery in the states i think i did two weeks in the hospital there then i went to a nursing home for about a week for you know to recuperate then i went home mm-hmm. you know in my mind i thought i was fine you know but the reality is after seeing something like that or going through that you're really
0: not fine madge dupree is founder of sunflower seeds project a newly formed nonprofit organization with the goal of training, developing, and coaching the youth, women,
13: and men in Pearl West Cape. Hi, Michelle. Thank you for having me. I'm really, really honored to do this. And I am honored to have you here. I think because you and my mom, uh, me and my mom, your mom had something in yes, common. Yes,
0: you definitely remind me of my mom, and I still absolutely want you to meet her. And so... Um, I don't know, imagine when I told you I was going to
13: come and visit you, did you think I would really do it? Not at that time, but it was good to have you here. The challenge that we have is, like I said, you know, COVID has really stifled our, our initiatives. But let me first tell you what the vision of the Sunflower Seeds Project is. It's very big, it's to plant seeds that will transform the world. It is big. However, our focus is not on the enormity of the vision but what God wants to birth in and through us. So we have decided it's only at the moment, it's only my daughter and I. So we've decided that, you know, we've got our plan, but we will start with something called the GEM Project, which is God's Emerging Miracle. Yes, at my age, I I am attending jazz. (laughs) (laughs) You go, girl. That's right. (laughs) So yes. (laughs) <laughs> so just coming back to the, you know, to the GEM project, um, I'm the GEM project is based on my book, The Light in the Dark, and it's a 12 series program. Each of the 12 components uh, is accompanied by one value. For example, we we started with our first one, which is, and, and we're not looking at big groups. Uh, we're looking at maybe having Zoom sessions later on. Mm. But, you know, it's better for us to have smaller groups so that we can focus on the individuals because what we're offering is, it's really going, you know, it's going deep.
0: I would like to once again, thank all of my guests that have made my first year amazing. I would also like to thank you, my listeners, for your support and riding with me on this journey. I am looking forward to what the next year will bring. Bye for now.
1: With the the scripts will you find a way to help you embrace any trials you face.